Welcome everyone to our podcast, your introduction to Christianity. I'm Stephen. And I'm Jake. And this is Word on the Street, a beginner's Bible study. Hello everyone and welcome back to Word on the Street, the beginner's Bible study. Uh, Last episode we talked about Noah and the flood and we got into a little bit on why God does what appears to be evil things or like really questionable acts in order to pass judgment on people. Uh, That was the last episode that we did for our Bible study, but the episode that came out before this was our Hot Takes episode, which basically Jake and I came up with some some difficult topics to discuss relatively and, and try to tried to see what what the other thought about it i had a big tinfoil hat moment (laughs) towards the end of the episode uh and listening back to that is honestly so funny hearing hearing your your brain process the last bits of the information i i love hearing that so much uh, yeah, that was uh, quite the wild ride. <laughs> but it was enjoyable. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna know more about it, guys, you should go check out that episode. It's called Hot Takes. Uh, tell me, uh, what is hell? I believe is how I titled it. Um, so go, go check it out. It's a, it's a good episode. It's got a little bit more, uh, got a little bit more comedy and a little bit more bits in there than than we than we usually do. It's a little bit more fun, of a fun episode. Um, but today, we are going to be t- uh, picking it back up in Genesis chapter 10 and chapter 11, uh, talking about nations after Noah and the Tower of Babel, which is kind mm-hmm. of a story thrown into the middle of two really important people. <laughs> this story just kind of happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and... Uh, previously in our very first episode, Genesis chapter one through four, we had an instance in where we got to, I believe it was Genesis chapter five, uh, that talks a bit about just, yeah, the descendants of Adam and, uh, it, it just names a bunch of people who lived for a certain amount of time, fathered this person and died at this age. Uh, and that's pretty much the entirety of the chapter. Uh, chapter 10 of Genesis works pretty much the same way, uh, instead of, but instead of it being, like, the, the generations from Adam in this case, it's nations formed after Noah. So, in this case, after Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden, um, they had a bunch of kids, then there's Cain and Abel, Cain is supposed to wander the wilderness, uh, because he killed Abel, and ever, anyone who finds Cain is you know meant to attack him because of the seal that was put on him uh, but basically after the garden eventually after some amount of time passes all of these different nations spring up that just overtake each other and are constantly technically at war with each other just killing everyone back and forth um, and so god floods the earth and now we're here and the same sort of thing is going to happen again to where we're going to get all these kingdoms that pop up out of nowhere uh and they're going to start attacking each other but they're going to be from the nation but they're going to be descendants from noah and so with all that being said there's a whole lot of names here a whole lot of places a whole lot of kingdoms and a whole lot of historical context that doesn't really need to be read word for word. <laughs> Our goal here is to go through the Bible, read through the entirety of the Bible, but in instances like this where we're given genealogies, all this other stuff, um, in which it's people coming from people, it's explaining how we got to where we are. And so in this case, after Noah, chapter 10 is about, okay, so we had Noah, we're going to have all these generations of people and then we get to chapter 11 which is the tower of babel instead of just jumping there and having there be all these people that suddenly randomly exist so it's it's filler for historical context values and also to help explain for the people reading this who would have been the israelites so 
Again, with all that being said, there's a summary in the Lutheran Study Bible, the ESV version, in the, the, the Bible that Jake and I are basing our progress off of, that basically summarizes all of chapter 10. Uh, we're going to read that, kind of explain it a little bit, uh, and then jump into uh, chapter 11. So, yeah, sounds like a plan. with all that being said, okay, the chapter 10 the Table of Nations describes the origins and interrelationships of many nations of the world. The list is important because it is the only document of its kind in existence and demonstrates the common descent of all human beings from Noah. Most important to the list are the Canaanites and the Shemites, around whom the stories of the Old Testament will revolve. From the Shemites would come the good news that God was remembering his promise of the seed that would crush the head of the evil one. So... That is, that's the quick summary of chapter 10, and basically what it means is that we're going to get a list of all of these nations that exist, and this is kind of the first basic genealogy document of all the different nations um, that exist and where they stem from uh, of this time, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, and then it's like, okay, there's two really important groups here that we need to pay attention to, the Canaanites and the Shemites. The Shemites are the people born from Shem, who is uh, Noah's son, uh, and will later be the genealogy in which Jesus Christ comes from. And so that's also why this list of nations is here, is because it's explaining how Jesus fits into all of this through all of these different connections, all of these random, random encounters that at face value make no sense. <laughs> and then we're going to get to the Canaanites, which are going to be uh, people from Canaan, which are going to lead to a very special someone who we will talk about in next episode. Mm, yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. Absolutely no spoilers. <laughs> Don't flip that in your Bible. That, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no looks. <laughs> we'll get there no, when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has happened yet until we read about it. <laughs> but yeah, that is all chapter ten. So uh, we just learn about all these different, all these different nations and all these different clans. So now we're gonna get to chapter eleven, in which they're gonna do some some crazy things. Jake, do you want to kick us off with reading chapter eleven? Chapter 11, The Tower of Babel. Mm. Er. The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make oven-fired bricks. They used bricks for stone and asphalt for mortar. And, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. And the Lord said, If they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. And they stopped building the city. Therefore it's called Babylon. For there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Mm. Yeah, so, so God yeah. did not like what these people were doing. Yeah, Jake, do you want to you wanna kind of explain a little bit on some of the wording choices that we see here and why they, this was uh, such, of a, such a bad thing? Yeah, so... Uh, so, I mean, basically, if you can kind of, um, I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious what their intent was. Their 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 intent was they wanted to uh, to make a tower that was um, where 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 they could pretty much like show that they were better than uh, God or. Uh, I, I don't know if they were pagans or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically that they they were like, yeah, yes, we have dominated the earth completely because we've built this massive tower uh, that's going up to the sky here. Um, and also some important thing to note is the uh, the the material they use. They um, it is actually pretty important that that the 
author notes this because it ain't just any random building material. <laughs> it's actually like this waterproof building material. And if you remember what just happened uh, in, the, in the last podcast episode, um, this this material would be very helpful against um, against such a, a flood, like <laughs> like the flood that flooded the whole world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably wouldn't have been helpful, but they wanted to uh, to make sure that the building wouldn't be uh, destroyed by a flood. <laughs> so. Which I think is really funny because we talked about in that episode um, that every mountain peak, like the Bible says, that every mountain peak, the highest mountain. Uh, peak in the world, uh, well, just like that, it just says like the highest peaks of the earth were covered by 10 cubits of water, which I think we figured out to be 15 feet or 22 and a half feet, something like that. Uh, mm. which you know, then we found like you know, Mount Everest is right now the highest peak in the world. Uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago, that could have been different. I don't know how geoplates work. Uh, but uh, yeah, like right now, the Mount Everest is the highest peak in the world, and that would have been twenty-two and a half feet underwater from this perspective, which would have put our valley, set, like where Jake and I live, several thousand feet below sea level. Uh, at that mm-hmm. at that gate, like we would have been, we would have been completely submerged with water if that tower didn't get knocked over from the flood. Good job, guys. You're still all going to drown. Yeah, they would have had been building that tower, like, on top of Mount Everest, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, as Jake Jake was saying, is that, like, they were basically trying to usurp God or, like, usurp God's creation. Um, When when it says that they want to make a name for ourselves, they basically say, like, we don't need to have a creator or a god to follow we can follow our own path kind of deal going directly back to what the original sin was of of choosing their own path and choosing their own right and wrong and so making a name for themselves um is the intention to create you know a focal point that would keep them like in one place and, and prove that like they don't need to to follow God. They can just follow themselves, uh, and and then yeah, they they built the tower that was waterproof and also like not at this time not really easy material too. Like this was this is really really quote unquote pricey material uh, in order to to do this because like making um making bricks and using bitumen. Um, like that, the, the process of doing those two things is not the easiest task. So this is what, so this is why it's like a people migrated from the East to do this. There was a lot of people working on this tower. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like to imagine that it would be like, I don't know, just a a stack of bricks. It's not like an actual like tower. It's just people putting one brick on top of another brick, kind of like Jenga blocks. (laughs) And that's just what's happening. I think that would be a really funny image of just, just bricks stacked on top of each other, like Jenga. Um, but yeah, we can assume that, that, that this being a tower was a really, really tall tower. Um, yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I want to ask you what what you think it means first because we have time to dive into this into this specific part of the story uh, into this specific part mm-hmm. of the Bible for a little bit um, as this is like the only major thing that we're talking about today yeah um, nah, yeah we, we have some time to go in depth here so what what do you what do you think or like what do you interpret from when God says um, they have all one, uh, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. I'm looking at verse six. Uh, hmm. What do you, what do you, what do you gather by that? Uh, hmm. Well. I mean, I'm sure it's not referring to, like, yeah, they can literally do anything if they all speak the same language. <laughs> right, right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, 
probably uh, the fact that they could just um, blaspheme God in a lot more ways <laughs> if they all spoke the same language. Honestly, that, like, <laughs> so like the reason I just asked this question uh, is because you know I'm reading Luther's study notes, so I want to see like what what you're gathering out of just like the context, and then you know you know showing yeah. then telling what everyone what Luther says about it, and that's honestly to see if I think like Martin Luther to see if you are the next Martin <laughs> Luther, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, though, that's not far off. So what he says is that it refers it refers to their sinful conceits if the human race remained united in self-interest interested pride um mm. there would be no limit to their rebellion against god so you're not honestly far off and there would be more ways for them to blaspheme god he's luther's basically saying if everyone could understand each other if everyone shared the same language and are all united for the same cause then there's nothing that they can that that sin won't let them do like in their sinful nature that they wouldn't try to yeah. do since they're not mm-hmm. following god their sinful nature is going to continue to go in any direction possible and because of the way that the human race is designed we are designed to follow whether or not you feel like you're a leader or not you are designed to follow because even if you have the leader personality you've always been in those situations in which you see a bunch of people doing something and you automatically assume that you need to do something similar because that's what's going on right now like for example if anyone here listening is in college if you are walking to the room or the lecture hall in which your class is and you see dozens of students outside of your class you assume that you can't go into that room yet because there's something happening in that room which is why everyone else is waiting outside (laughs) of the room or if like you walk to like you know walk to the store or something and you see a bunch of people standing in line you get in that line and you wait because you assume that in order to do the thing that you got there to do, you got to sit in that line until you can go do it. Of course, some people like to just say, nah, my turn, and just completely skip over all this. But everyone else is just like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the same aspect of like, not only like, they all have one language. It, it also implies that, like, they all have the same mindset. They all they are all connected for the one goal. So, in the case that the example that I just said, in which people will, like, you know, cut lines and stuff because they don't care or don't think to understand what the line is for, they don't have the same mindset as the people who are in the lines. And so, in that aspect, we don't have the same language, quote unquote kind of deal mm-hmm. um so all that to be be said like yeah humans are designed to work and work together and follow this set of patterns and whatnot and do these things based off of all this stuff uh and there's nothing scarier in our world than mob mentality <laughs> <laughs> and god recognizes that <laughs> yeah so God is just like, hey, if they, uh, they all, you know, they all think like the same. They're all basically the same person. Um, uh, and, you know, they're all really sinful, too. If they keep this up, they they can sin in any way. So we need to step in and make it harder for them to sin. And right then and there, this aspect of the Tower of Babel has a different aspect of mercy that learning about this story in particular was I've never known about. <laughs> yeah, I, I find a lot of comfort in the fact that like God in this case, and this kind of correlates to the Garden of Eden as well, he recognizes that because of like the sin that we're showing, there is a chance for us to go farther uh, farther away in, in like in our sinful paths and so in this case he knows that all of these people united together for one cause and that cause is to usurp god and, and put themselves in the place of god 
if they're attempting to do this, then there's nothing that else that they won't attempt to do. So God steps in and says, I'm going to make it harder for you guys to go to the point in which you won't return from. And he, he confuses everybody's language and he spreads people out throughout the world. Uh, and, and, and right there, it seems like a really weird punishment, but it's actually like a demonstration of just like how merciful God is. Cause he could have just been like, wow, your ancestor is the only person that I decided to save from a world renowned, a worldwide flood. And now you want to claim you now you guys are born. You learn the story that I killed everybody because of their sinful nature, except your ancestor. And now all of you want to try and do the same thing that they were doing, but waterproof it. <laughs> he could have just sent lightning bolts from the sky and got rid of all these people, but no, he shows he shows mercy and compassion to these people, and he spreads them spreads them apart and confuses the language so that they can't get to the point in which God has to do the same thing that he did in Noah's time. So that he can uphold his end of the covenant that he made with Noah of not flooding the earth again. And that's not like something that you see, and I was saying that this connects to um, to Eden, because after Adam and Eve sin and they're kicked out of the, uh, they get kicked out of the garden, uh, but before they get kicked out of the garden... God is like, okay, they've eaten the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We can't let them stay here and let them eat from the tree, uh, the tr- the the tree of e- eternal life, right? Otherwise, we, there will be eternal separation from them. With uh, for, uh, there'll be eternal separation from God and man that can't be like redeemed or bought back. So he kick he get kicks Adam and Eve out of. Uh, out of the garden and locks it up so that no one can get in there so that no one not not one person from mankind can create the eternal can create eternal separation from god and in that aspect in this instance in this demonstration it's also an analogy of like there is no sin that you can do there is nothing that you can do in which god can't forgive or uh, forgive you uh, like there's no sin that god can't forgive because we haven't eaten from that tree of eternal life so there's no such thing as eternal separation from god unless we choose to go down that path and stay away from god like he shows mercy in some of the weirdest ways because it seems like, you know, angry parent kicks out the teens for doing something bad, uh, and they're supposed to go live on their own or whatever. But no, he's like, okay, we're going to make sure that you don't do anything worse to ruin this. We're, we're going to make sure that we don't ruin this relationship. We're going to, we're going to rebuild this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything to rebuild this. You just have to trust that I'm going to fix this and, mm-hmm. uh, instead of trying to do it yourself. And that that's kind of what happens, and it's it's like wow, you you can't see this on a face level. <laughs> you can't just you can't just read the Bible first time and see all these stuff. Not for sure. And then I don't, there there is there's another question that I kind of um, was thinking about too. So you know, as you look at our world today, it's uh, with you know technology. Arguably, we've we've overcome the the language barrier in in a lot of ways so i don't know do you think that the the tower of babel is doomed to repeat itself uh i will follow up your question with a follow-up question uh how how united do you think the world is (laughs) well in some ways it's pretty united i mean it's pretty interconnected in a lot of ways like Trading economics crazy connected, but at the same time, um, I I I don't know because like I I don't know how strong how strong are like some I mean some countries got some good allies, but mm-hmm. 
other countries would never work cooperate so <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit hard to say honestly and then uh, another follow-up question is like that same question but at the local level uh how united do you think we are at the local level like, like that like inner inner country even interstate inner city level mm-hmm. like how well, how united do you think we are I suppose our country is kind of a special case just because <laughs> how much we are. Yeah. Um, but other countries, I, I, I'd say they're probably a lot more united than we are. Yeah. Which is <laughs> ironic because we live in the United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to to explain my my questions is um, to kind of go back to my analogy of like the same language meaning the same mindset, not as not just like speaking the same words kind of deal uh Mm. they're all thinking the same and they're all in it for the same goal i don't remember the last time that i've been around um a group of people that all had the same ideas and wanted to execute the same things in the same way um and even in in today's world, I'm going to use America because, one, I live here so I can testify mm-hmm. about some of the stuff that happens here better than any other country in the world because I don't live where you live. Uh, <laughs> and then also because it's, it's fun as an American to make fun of Americans. I, I think it's funny. Um, but, like, if we as an America were asked to do one thing, I know for a fact that half of the, well, that, like, 30% of the country would want to do it one way, 30% of the country would be completely against doing it that way, and the other 40% of the country would want no involvement in doing that thing whatsoever, regardless of what it is. And <laughs> and not one demographic belongs to a third, to either one, to any of those percentages, um, and these, you know, are not real numbers, but basically just, like, uh, as like a funny, as like a funny example, like if we're asked to, you know, let's, let's, let's help, let's help the middle class in America. Let's help the middle class not be so close to, uh, to the lower class. Let's help raise them to be in the middle class. How are we going to do that? Well, the, the, the Democrats want to do like, uh, different, different like, uh, pledges. I forget like the specific word. Uh, but they want to pass all these different things in which would uh, would, would change the way that some uh, like change the way the economy works. They want to do uh, big government, big money kind of stuff, quote unquote. Not really, but that's you know the the Republicans' view is they want to do big big money, big government, big brother. That's what they want. Like so, like it'll be a back and forth between the two of them, and then everyone else who doesn't care for the politics is just gonna be like, you none of you are gonna get anything done. So why do I need to try and work this out anyways? Uh, so all that being said, like I don't think the Tower of Babel kind of aspect is doomed to repeat itself. I believe that with every single moment a brick from our supposed tower of babel has fallen off completely until we're like completely spread out amongst bricks cuz i think it's i think it's only a matter of time you know when we get to towards like you know the end of the world and everything in which like there's just not going to be any unity amongst the people at all and and that'll that'll be a day in which which it'll be a scary place to live. I believe like end times will have, will have a aspect in which like every day you would be waking up kind of terrified to do anything because of how the world is. So I don't, I don't think hopefully, (laughs) hopefully not. But yeah, all that to say, I don't think that the Tower of Babel is doomed to repeat itself because I don't, because you know, can't, can't get like me and like, a bunch of like maybe even five people to come up with the same ideas for for like a school project ain't no way we're gonna get the world to build a tower to god <laughs> we it took it took like i don't know um three three months of facebook posting um uh, and just instagram spamming for uh about the storm area 51 thing for only like i don't know if that like it was like under a thousand people showing up instead of the 
80,000 people who, who signed the poll saying that they were going. <laughs> so, like... That was kind of sad. <laughs> so, like, in that aspect, can't really expect much from anyone, really. Even if they think it's for the bit. Not a lot of people are actually going to do it, so... Yeah. Um... There was another thing that I was going to point out. Um, oh yeah, uh, the, the, the let us go down. What do you, what do you think the us refers to, Jake? Where is this? The number, number, uh, number seven, verse seven, Whoa, where, where, uh... where God says, come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they might not understand one another's speech. What do you think, like, the, the us is referring to? Hmm, well... Uh, long story short, the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Um, I'm I'm reading, I'm I'm reading some of the 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 notes here, and it, it's really funny to me. Uh, you want to know what the Hebrew word for Babel is? Oh, I yeah, I don't know actually. Babel is the um is you know directly related to the hebrew word uh belal i can assume uh which means to confuse it's a, a form of the oh. verb when contracted resorts into babel the name of the city so the name of the city is confusion and they built a tower of confusion <laughs> and i think that's so funny <laughs> you know that would make sense <laughs> you can't you can't tell me that god doesn't have a sense of humor and sometimes in the bible it's the driest form of humor and that's when it's the funniest um this is this is way later like when we get into the book of judges but um we talked about it in the, the church sermon this last weekend um we talked about samson um, and there's a, there's a time in which, you know, he calls out to God thirsty and he's just like, I just did all this stuff for you and you're going to let me die of thirst in the desert. And God just plops a watering hole out of thin air into existence. And Samson just like, Hey, thanks man. I'm going to call this place watering hole placed by mm-hmm. guy in the sky or something like that. It's some, <laughs> it's some really dry translation of just like, this is the place in which I got water. <laughs> yeah, like so that's the name of it. Than it yeah, like that's <laughs> what the name of it means. And I was just like that. That's funny. <laughs> that That's something I would do. <laughs> like if I, like my creative, my creativeness is like going all over the place. I would just be like, man, let's keep it simple. This is the place where I got water. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be so funny. Uh but yeah, yeah, the the Trinity when God talking about about us because when he says us, let us go down cuz yeah, he, you know, the Christianity believes that God is three persons uh but one God, uh a thing that confuses everyone else who doesn't know what that means. <laughs> and that's totally okay cuz it's so confusing anyways. Like, theologians debate this topic all the time. (laughs) Well, and and, I mean, at least, like, you know, you kind of have, at least in this passage, and there's probably a few other passages, too, Mm -hmm. where you kind of have to come to the conclusion that it's literally God talking to himself because, like, why why would God need help from the angels to do something like this? Like, is is God not capable of of doing something like this on his own i'm, right. I'm sure he is yeah. <laughs> so in that sense who else is your boy talking to this is... <laughs> who else could he be talking to this is true okay yeah. um and for all of you following along the tower of babel takes place in chapter 11 and it goes to verse 9 after that we get more uh genealogy right uh but we get the genealogy from shem's descendants so because we're talking about the descendants of Shem now, it is assumed, uh, at least, or I, I think, I think I remember learning this, but I might be wrong about this. I don't want to just spew words. Um, but like, if if we go from talking about the descendants from Noah and then focus like, hey, these are the Canaanites and the the Shemites, like these are the two important people, and then we learn about the descendants of Shem. Uh, I think it can be, you know, assumed that the people who are a part of the Tower of Babel in this instance were the Canaanites. Um, 
and then yeah. uh, because uh, the the Canaanites, you know, disperse uh, beforehand in chapter ten, uh, verse um, verse fifteen through eighteen, it says Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, uh, and Heth, and then all these other people. Uh, and those people became these different clans. So the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Archites, the Sinites. Uh, and, um, and then afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites or the sons of Canaan dispersed. Uh, and so it, I think it's safe to assume that the Tower of Babel was one of these clans of the, the Canaanites, uh, which would make you know a little bit more sense. And I think you could even say like the Tower of Babel happens somewhere in their dispersion because god disperses them anyways <laughs> yeah. so i i this is all you know speculation but we we see we see like the land of canaan being a huge area well if all these tribes are from the land of canaan but got dispersed all over um then the land of canaan would naturally be a really big area based off of the fact that they were all dispersed, but still one clan. They couldn't understand each other. So that is probably where you get all the different war from as well. Because, like, hey, you sound different than me. That's not a thing that exists. So you obviously must be someone I need to murder. <laughs> kind of logic. So, but yeah. So then afterwards, we then talk about Shem's descendants. And, you know, in order to have descendants from Shem, Shem needs to be with people so i think it's safe to assume that shem and the shemites weren't dispersed <laughs> yeah for sure but yeah so we get shem's descendants um and it talks about all that let me see what the ver the starting verse is and see if luther's got a summary for it uh 10 through 26 i believe yes okay so the genealog uh genealogical list of uh continu continuation of uh, chapter 5 his uh father Recording further development of the human race, emphasizing the lineage that would stand in the relation to God, and introducing the genealogy of Terah and Abram. Um, and so, yeah, so in chapter 5, we got all the descendants from Noah, and then it told us about all the different nations that came from Noah. And in the same fashion as the rest of Genesis, we discuss a topic of the broad overview, and then we say, hey, you see that point? Alright, let's focus there now. So it'll constantly be pointing back, and we'll even see this in the New Testament. Jesus, and then after Jesus' crucifixion, the apostles will constantly be like, Hey, remember when that thing was referenced in the Old Testament? Let's go back to that and talk about that. And then talk about how that applies right now. And then we'll continue on from there. <laughs> so, in typical Bible fashion... We have a point, uh, we have a very broad, um, a very broad introduction of all these new things that make no sense, and then we're like, hey, let's talk about that one thing and explain why it's important. Everything else is, you know, there for historical purposes, but this is the important one. Um, right. So it gives the descendants of Shem, and then it says that it gives us the descendants of Terah and then Abram, who is, a uh, not a cool guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we will learn more about that later. Yes. Dun dun. Stay tuned. <laughs> dun dun. Jake, do you um, you have any like Tower of Babel words of wisdom style stuff you want to give to our audience? Oh, oh boy! Like a like yeah. a takeaway message using like the 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 Tower of Babel, like why it would be kind of important. Yeah, no, well, a lot, I mean, the main application you can uh, get from it today as a, well, it, if, as a believer, you can um, kind of say like, hey, uh, doing things in your own strength, that's not really what God intended you to do. Mm. He intended, he intended us as his creation to be reliant on him and, and trust in him, um, instead of kind of seeking all this power and fame and glory for ourselves. And I mean, 
Hey, isn't that isn't that pretty much just the summary of human history? Just people yeah. seeking after their own glory and yes, sir. power, trying to take over uh, a lot of countries, a lot of land that isn't theirs. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, yeah, there, there's a lot. That's you foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, well, I don't want to give too much away. Here, so. <laughs> don't want to spoil uh, history for yeah. you guys. Yeah, we're actually going to go through all of human history. <laughs> we're in... <laughs> well, we'll be so, making some skips, yeah. uh, but <laughs> we'll be jumping around, <laughs> yeah. skipping over some stuff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I suppose to to sum up those thoughts. You, usually, when when we try and take matters into our own hands, it uh, it, it it doesn't end up well. It does not. So no. sometimes you just gotta take a step back, take a deep breath, and say, uh, "Not not by my own strength, but by yours, Lord God." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. The the step back is like the most important thing with like the Tower of Babel, the flood, um, and the fall. We've we've had. So we've had three different accounts of human history um, in which God has done a truly remarkable thing. Uh, And in this case, like the worst that we've, the quote unquote worst thing that we've seen him do as of now is, you know, the flood. Um, And we see, we see our three accounts in which mankind has done something. God does something in response to that. And so in the fall, Adam and Eve sin, God kicks them out, and Adam is now forced to work the ground, Eve will have pain and childbearing, and then there's all this other stuff. Um, and then a subtext to that is Cain and Abel, which Cain kills his brother Abel. Cain now has to run for his life, because um, anyone who attacks him, anyone who sees him will attack him. Um. Now, then you get to the flood. Mankind is so far from saving that he, God kills everybody except Noah and his family, and tells them to repopulate the earth after a year of living on a boat. Uh, and now we're at the Tower of Babel, in which these people build a tower to to the heavens, and God disperses them throughout the world. Um. And especially the flood on a face level is very, very like this guy is wrathful. This guy is scary. Like how can you? How can he be a loving God? And it's because of the way that you read the text that creates this this angry God guy that just wants to see the world burn. Well, if he wanted to see the world burn, why are you walking around right now? <laughs> he's not he's not like slowly burning the world and like like and enjoying it or like ant with the uh, well guy not ant with the magnifying glass, kid with the magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, God's an ant with a magnifying glass pointing it at human beings. <laughs> no, uh He's not a kid with a magnifying glass taking out one ant at a time uh, instead of just taking out the entire colony. He is actually demonstrating really generous acts throughout these these just four simple stories that when you take it apart, you can see why it's a generous act. Well, if he left Adam and Eve in the garden... Because their sins, their sins were forgiven because they turned back to God and they still followed God. They listened to God after that. Like, there's no account of, I guess I wouldn't say there's no account and that they didn't that Adam and Eve didn't sin after the fall because I'm sure they still continued to sin. But there's no account in which that they walked away from God in that aspect or acted like the what we see throughout the rest of time uh, with human history before the flood um, I think it's safe to say that Adam and Eve died before the flood um, because there's a whole lot of people before before we get to Noah so um, but like you have Adam and Eve getting kicked out of the garden and you know cherubim blocking it that will basically obliterate anyone who gets close to the doors of the Garden of Eden and like I was saying beforehand, that is to make sure that they can't eat from the tree, uh, the tree of life, 
uh, mm. and be for uh, eternally separated from God in that aspect, meaning like there's no saving you mm. if you are living a life of sin mm. and then are now eternal. There's no saving you. Uh, mm. And then we get to Cain and Abel. The the reason that Cain has to has to wander the world he's he's a put he has God's marker put on him and I let me read the um, the the blessing for that um, because it's something something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, God God's punishment to Cain says that uh, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer of the earth. And Cain says that his punishment is too much to bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground. And from your face I shall be hidden, and I will be a fugitive and wanderer of the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. God says, not so. If anyone is to kill Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone who found him should attack him. What this basically means is that God is saying, it's not just going to be anyone who finds you will kill you. I am putting my marker on you as like, hey, this is the guy marked by God. This guy has a relationship with God in some way. And then the people who are against God actively rebelling, they attack Cain to usurp God. It has nothing to do with Cain. They see that Cain is, has the special mark of God and are just like, oh, okay, so if I kill that guy, then I'll be better than the guy that God chose. So let me do that. It, it has nothing to do with Cain as a person. And Cain's death is not the punishment of God, but the repercussions of that one person killing killing Cain are seven times what the repercussions were on Cain when he killed Abel. And as you go down the line, each one is seven times more. Uh, and that's what you know Lamech says afterwards. He's killed a he's killed people, and I think he kills Cain. And Lamech is just like, if anyone kills me, and I killed the guy whose stuff is sevenfold, then his needs to be seventy-seven times more, um, yeah. to to because I'm better than this guy, and so I it, I think you know from that point on, everyone who killed the other person keeps adding a seven to their you know tenfolds, and that's why we get so far away from God is because this astronomical number exists now, um. But yeah, God God in that instance is like, I'm going to mark you so that if anyone is to attack you, your death is going to be justified. And your punishment that I'm, I've given you for your brother is, is going is to be nothing in comparison to the punishment that will happen against that guy who attacks you. Because I'm not going to punish you for, I'm not going to give you a punishment that is more than what's that you can bear right now as far as like an eternal thing because while you may have sinned it it shows that like Cain feels remorse for his actions cuz he's just like I will hide myself from you because of what I've done and all this other stuff yeah. so he shows remorse and God reacts by saying I will mark you to show to show that you are a follower of mine kind of deal then we get to the flood and Noah is seen as the only righteous man but because God is generous he saves Noah's family who we know to be not righteous because of you know after the flood um, one of Noah's sons walks in on a naked laughs uh, talks about it and everything Noah gets drunk and and you know there's that that whole encounter Um uh, but he still gave people the opportunity beforehand, before the flood came, for them to turn to God and be like, Hey God, why why this guy building a boat? Or ask Noah, why this guy building a boat? 
Why, like, why are you building a boat? Wild to build that boat. Like, they, there was time <laughs> given, there was time allotted, and God saved people in that aspect before, uh, like, that didn't deserve it because of one person who was righteous. Uh, and mm-hmm. in that act of, in Noah's act of faith, he was saved, and a nation came from him. But God purged the world of evil in that instance because humanity had gotten so sinful and so far away from God that in that instance there was no turning back for those people the reason Noah was the only one who was saved and Noah Noah was the only one who was like had favor in God's eyes was because he was the only one who was seen as a righteous man not only by God but by his peers too and so Noah lived a life of God even in the midst of all of this sinful, the, like even in the midst of the sinful world, and so mm-hmm. God, and so God didn't wipe out all of humanity, including Noah, because Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord by walking as a righteous man. And so God said, "Let's start over from you," instead of letting these people get more and more sinful and get farther and farther away from me. Let's start over from you. And so the punishments, there, there is no sin that goes without punishment, which is why the world is flooded, because all of these people had sinned and had continued sinning and knew they were sinning, because it's not like God has hidden himself from the creation at this point. He's actively interacting with so many people uh, in like a supernatural way, but he's actively interacting with hum- humanity, and they're just brushing God off and completely leaving him to the side. Uh, and then Noah's the only one who actually walks with God. And so their, their sins are punished in, in a way that is deserved. And then we continue on from there with Noah, who is saved. And then now we're at the Tower of Babel. And God, real, and God doesn't realize, but he you know says that like there's nothing that they won't be able to accomplish if they're going to try and usurp me and try to, I guess, outsmart me and overtake me as my creation. So I'm going to stop them from being capable of doing that. Instead of instead of just smiting all of them and starting over once again, he decides what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it so that they can't get to the point in which they there isn't a sin that they won't try kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So he's he's shown all these different acts of mercy throughout the the four stories that we've read in the Bible. The first four stories all show the same act of mercy of I'm going to step in and intervene before you guys ruin this beyond repair. And that's going to be the continual story throughout the the continual trend throughout the Bible because God is the same now as he was in this time of Genesis in the same when he sent Jesus to die on the cross in the same on judgment day, he will be, he has always been and always will be the same God. And we can see that because he's still showing mercy to people who don't deserve it. And we're going to keep seeing him show mercy to people who don't deserve it throughout the Bible. And that's just going to be what, what we're going to keep noticing. And that's just who, this biblical God is, but if you only look at it at a surface level or take some things out of context, it will come off as wrathful. But if you understand the reasoning or look at it from a different perspective, then you can see that we're actually being saved, being protected from doing something way worse. Like a, like if a parent, uh, like, stops you from you know sticking a fork in an outlet when you're a child like she let you the parent is letting you you know play around with the fork or whatever even though technically you could still get hurt by doing that could you know poke yourself or whatever but you would learn to not play around with the fork but the second you do something that there's no return from that's when they intervene the same the same way kind of happens here before we're you know we're playing around with sin and just doing whatever and the the moment that stuff goes wrong, you know, we turn to God and be like, oh, why didn't you stop that? But it's just like, you, you, you knew what you were doing. And then it's the moment that you 
cross over that line of like no return in which God has stepped in into in the Old Testament to 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 stop these people from from doing that. All that to be said, God is God is going to be there for us and is is being here for humanity and has provided us provided us nowadays with the materials that we need in order to not go past the point in which there's no return. We've seen the consequences of the people in the Old Testament. We've seen the sin develop throughout technically human history. And we've seen God's reaction to those, like his response to the sinful people and his response to the righteous people. And so we have basically all all the information that we need in order to make a decision on how are we going to live our lives. Do we want to live like the sinful, sinful people and and try to do things our own way and then eventually face the face the consequences of the decisions that we make or do we want to live like the righteous people and watch god do and perform crazy things in our lives that we would have no idea or couldn't even fathom happening happening that's that's kind of what i what i get when you when you kind of do like just a quick span back over the 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 few the few stories we've seen which is you know starting at 2000 bc all the way up to creation story so see the nah. see the same god <clears throat> yeah that's a great takeaway and yeah honestly in every episode we do after this you're gonna see a hint of what steven said so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and every episode we do after this point, you'll see more and more people who deserves God mercy even less. But you know what? God will not stop giving mercy to people regardless on whether or not they deserve it. You know, I cue, cue the cue the VeggieTales song from the 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 Jonah movie in which you know compassion and mercy. <laughs> you, you remember that song? Vaguely, <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I need a we need to do a rant episode in which we talk about in which we talk about different things that we miss from from growing up uh, growing up with like growing up in like the Christian environment uh, and how that's kind of not a thing anymore so that I have an excuse to just talk about why I miss vegetables <laughs> so I could yeah, talk that about was... that for a while. <laughs> That would be a good episode. That'd be very entertaining. <laughs> every every other week, there's just another like two three hour episode about why I miss VeggieTales so much, <laughs> and it's just me going back through um any any VeggieTales like episode slash movie that I can find, and just talking about how much I loved watching that episode as a child. <laughs> <laughs> every, every week we're doing a, a, a passage of the bible and also an episode of veggie <laughs> and then on uh episodes kind of like today where we only have like a small little snippet of the bible to go through instead of an episode we'll focus on one of the movies of veggie tale <laughs> we get to the point where we've gone through all of veggie tales like movies and stuff that are biblically based so we're watching like the um like the the Larry being the superhero movies that don't have any biblical premise to oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> but like it's just him being like being like the the Jesus the Jesus style uh, superhero instead of like it being a biblical story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I miss Vegeta. <laughs> but anyways, um, I think that'll. I think that'll do it for uh, for today's today's episode. Um, if you guys want to check out more information about us, we have this cool little link in the uh, description of the episode. Go there; you can see all the different stuff that we have. We have an Instagram, we have an email, and we have a TikTok now, uh, and then also a uh, <clears throat> also a YouTube channel in which a bunch of different content gets posted. Uh, it's, and they're also all there as platforms for you guys to reach out and contact us, ask us any questions, um, provide any comments, any feedback. 
anything you want to uh, to you know reply to us with, go ahead and, and send us those messages and and we'll be sure to, to reach out to you guys. And if you have any theological based questions, we plan on collecting a bunch of different questions, creating a Q&A episode and hopefully getting in some professional pastoral help in order for us to answer these uh, these questions, whether they're super simple, super complex, we want to answer all of the all of your guys' questions to the best of our abilities, and sometimes that means bringing in extra help. <laughs> we are not qualified to answer uh, every question, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, we want to make sure that we give you guys not only not only the correct answer, but the the right things to do along with the answer of those questions because usually the bible is is more about uh, well not usually the bible is just more about doing things with the information you've gotten rather than learning the information and chilling around doing nothing with it so we want to we want to give you guys everything that you that you need here um but yeah go check all those different stuff out and if you're listening to this on uh you know your podcast streaming platforms follow us subscribe whatever it is on whatever platform you're doing for uh for more episodes in the future Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode and tune in next week where the word on the street is an old man gets his name changed